0: How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're tuning into Tongues Out podcast. And let's just get into why I dropped out of college and um, how it affected my life. So we're this might be a little bit longer of a podcast because it's there's a lot of history here. So first off, uh, to even talk about this subject, I need to talk about uh, early, um, early middle school. And so in the state of Florida and just like a lot of different states, I'm assuming because uh, George W. Bush, he passed a, uh, I forget what the name of the program was, but essentially it was like an agenda where like their focus was on education. And so depending on how well students scored on state exams in a school district, that school would get grant money offered to them depending on their, their grade as a school. And so that's why, like, I used to hear a lot of like teachers are teaching to to test instead of teaching it, um, like their um their criteria that they have, or not criteria. What's the, the curriculum? Uh, sorry about that. Anyways, um, so in middle school, uh, I think it's like the first time you take your FCATs. Like this is sixth, seventh, and eighth, and then I think the ninth grade year is your last time you have to take them. Well, uh, my seventh grade year, actually every single year I took the FCATs, I did really well with them, especially in mathematics. Like reading was always good. Like I was probably like top 85, top 90 percentile. But when I did, and that's like in the whole state of Florida, not nationally, but just Florida. But when I did mathematics, I always used to score like at least top 95 or sometimes even top 99 percentile. But uh, for my seventh grade year, I scored At like one of the, one of the years I scored a nine in the top 99. And because I had scored in that high, um, Florida just for, I guess, shits and giggles, they offered to, um, pay for me to take the ACT, uh, exam, which is a college entrance exam that you have to take if you're more getting, so there's the SATs and then the ACTs. The difference between the two is that SATs tend to be a little bit more weighted towards writing and reading. Whereas ACTs tend to be at the time. I think this has changed recently. Uh, this is like 13 years ago. Uh, sorry, longer, 15 years ago. Um, and then the ACTs were more uh, towards like mathematics, analytics, and science. And so obviously, like if I scored high on the math, th- the, the right exam for me to take was ACTs. And uh, I remember being in seventh grade and going <laughs> to take this entrance exam. And I remember uh, I was, it was me. I vividly remember myself uh a girl named uh Mallory that I grew that I grew up with and uh another friend of mine his name was Sale um I remember seeing the three of them there but I don't remember seeing anyone else I just remember them and uh it was it was so funny like literally we were like the only three like middle school kids and everyone else were like seniors and I remember, like, these seniors asking me, like, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, like, I'm taking the ACT. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, I had scored high on, like, the FCAT. And I was, like, talking to the people that were, I was waiting in line with because there's a long wait to take this exam. And uh, it was such a unique experience. I had to self-teach myself trigonometry. And I, I couldn't even teach myself calculus. It was, like, super difficult for me to grasp that myself. Um, because no like close loved one that I had, he could even teach me like that level of math, which is so funny. So I had to like teach myself, you know, advanced algebra, trigonometry, and then calculus. I was just like, I couldn't even handle it. Um, but I mean, I scored at at the end of my ACT, I actually scored high enough that I was, uh, with that score at the time, I was able to enter into UCF and some other like big name universities in, in Florida. If I wanted to, I mean, if I were a senior and I had graduated with a high school diploma, I technically could have gone into university at that point, which would have been so funny. And I don't even know how these kids sometimes get into universities now when you see it on the news. I'm assuming they must have, um, because they were uh, so gifted at such a young age, they're in an accelerated program when it comes to grade school. They might have to even go into like a charter school program. I don't think they can go into public education for that, but... Who knows how that works, but I've always been fascinated by these like kids that you see that are like 10 years old that have a double doctorate in like physics and engi- like electrical engineering. And you're like, what? But anyway, so i getting off on a tangent. So uh, my ninth grade year, like I was saying, it's the last, I think it's the last year that you take the FCATs. Again, I scored good, like really well. I scored like in the 95, like top 95 percentile for math and Uh, actually, no, that's a lie. 10th grade year. It had to be 10th grade year. I had to be. So my 10th grade year is the last year. So I guess it goes six, seven, eight. I think they skipped nine and then they go to 10. I I, I vividly remember like there was a year that was skipped. I can't remember which one. I'd have to ask some friends. I probably should have done that before I started this. So my 10th grade year, take the AFCAT, do really well with it. And it was like literally the perfect timing because I was the second uh class so it was the juniors when i was a, a sophomore it was the juniors ahead of me that qualified for it the year before and then it was us and florida at the time or not florida but the volusia county i think there were some other counties in florida that offered this program volusia county the county that i grew up in It uh so volusia county uh, has new Smyrna beach where i grew up uh, daytona beach which is in there and then some other cities like Deland and uh Daytona. Well, Daytona Beach has a uh, community college called Daytona Beach College. It, it has like a zillion names now, but I think it's I think it's now it's Daytona State College. Um at the time it was Daytona Beach Community College. It's where people went to get uh their two-year degree before they wanted to go into university if they wanted to go that route. Well, Daytona was building a tech center Uh, For people that wanted to learn like computer savvy classes, like programming, uh, computer hardware, computer networking, um, digital art, uh, filmography, uh, like a lot of stuff in that category of work uh, or education, should I say. And I remember my friend Rocky was telling me about this and he was like, hey, I'm going next year. You should totally apply. He was like, you have to qualify for it. He was like, "How's your like, you know, your grades in school?" Because to qualify for this program, sorry, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. So Florida, uh, or Daytona Beach has this other school that they de- developed for like computer classes, and it's a college. It's a college, um, campus. So you can get essentially your AS degree, AA degree from there, and, uh, Florida or Volusia County implemented a program, a grant program. For people that scored really high on that national state exam, and they also had a really good uh, grades in school, their 10th or their 11th grade year and their 12th grade year, they could, instead of going to high school, they could go to this school and fulfill getting their high school diploma at the same time of getting a, uh, like a a AS degree, like a, um, like a two-year degree. And... um, It was kind of like dual enrolling, but it wasn't because instead of dual enrolling required that you go to high school, get your high school classes out of the way. And then you would go and do your college classes like on a college campus. This was me 100% going to a college. That's where I went. I never went to my high school ever again. And so uh, it was like 20 minutes, 25 minutes away from where I lived. So I had to drive there every single day. My first year, I didn't drive. My buddy Rocky actually Uh, my mom would drop me off to like him and then we would drive together over there. And I have to say my two years at ATC, man, if Rocky could listen to this, he could for sure vouch. They were probably our best two years in school, hands down. No one could ever have a comparison of, of those two years in high school. I missed out on, on my friends because it was only like a handful of us that went to the school from my graduating class but I missed out on, like, growing up with my friends and doing fun stuff with them. But honestly, if you were a nerd, which I, I was, I was, I mean, I still am into video games. Like, one of my favorite hobbies. You know, I had an idea that I wanted to get into, like, professional video game. Like, being a, uh, yeah, like, getting into, like, eSports. Uh, but I told myself if I could never get into, like, competitive gaming, I wanted to be a computer programmer. Like, a video game programmer. I wanted to help develop future games. And so I was super excited about going to the school because I was like, wow, I'm going to, I'm going in for computer programming. So I'm going to learn programming language. I'm going to be able to like program games coming out of high school. I'm going to have a degree for this. That's so cool. Like most people after high school, they have to go an additional two years to do this. I have the opportunity to get both my diploma and my two year degree out of the way. And so uh, we go and man, me and Rocky were just not prepared for this. Not only Are we getting our high school classes out of the way? But our high school classes, our college classes that we took were valued towards both our high school uh, requirements for our classes that we needed and our college degree as well. So we would only have to take one class to get two things out of the way. It was so awesome. And some of my, because it was like you're going to college now, my, my schedule was so awesome. There was a year where on every Tuesdays and Thursdays, I only had one class. <laughs> so it was a drag. It was like I had to wake up early in the morning and go for one class, and half the time I, I would skip out. I have a funny story, actually. Um, I did so well in my math class. So to be part of this program, one of the requirements is that you had to maintain a C average, And you also could not have more than five absentees uh, per year, I think it was, or per semester. I think it was per year. So if you missed a specific class more than five times, you got dropped out of the program. And I, at the time, I remember telling you guys my confidence uh, spiel. I had uh, one girlfriend. I started dating her my senior year. And I had a uh, trigonometry class that I was taking, a college trig class that I was taking, and I was, I did so well in that class because I had already self-taught myself that all the way back in, in middle school Um, that I, I literally never, because it was a college class, all I had to do was walk in, sign my name, and leave if I wanted to, and I never had to be there for, like, the teachings because it's like a professor teaching you. It's not like a teacher teacher like in grade school. So they handle like these students like as if they're they're college kids. So they're not going to really hold them accountable per se. But I guess I had frustrated my math teacher because I would only, sometimes I wouldn't even come in to like sign my name. I would just not even show up, get my assignments online. Like my homework assignments were assigned to me online, do my homework assignments. And I, at one point, for like a couple semesters I was just coming in just to do my tests that were required of me. My mom gets a letter in the mail. It's uh it's saying that I'm getting dropped out of the program um but she has uh, an op- opportunity to appeal if she wanted to. And I remember sitting down with my mom, the super or the uh the I, I don't know what their title is, not the superintendent, but they're the dean of this of this college. And like some other people that were there and my math professor was there and uh, we're sitting there and they're talking about how, like if we wanted to appeal this, we're going to have to have a good reason because yeah, my GPA was really good, but I hadn't you know, violated the other part, the requirement of being there for um, you know, a certain amount of, I couldn't miss a certain amount of classes and uh where everyone's doing adult talk i'm just sitting there as a as a as a senior as a you know at the time like a f- going through like the teenage years like you know thinking to himself like oh like i don't even need to be here this is so stupid i like i had a 95% in that class i had a, like a per- almost a perfect a and i was like this is the stupidest like why am i here why am i about to get dropped out of this program i was so focused on my girlfriend Um, luckily that never really affected my, like my grades, but it definitely affected me being, it was my first girlfriend. I mean, like I never knew what that was like. And so I wanted to spend as much time with her. She was uh, a couple years older than me or a year older than me. I can't remember now. I forgot how old she was, but, uh, she was already had graduated from high school. So like I was spending a majority of my time with her and, um, so the, the parent, my parent, my mom's talking. Everyone's talking. They're like pretty much threatening to drop me. And I, I, I don't know if it was my mom or me. But I, someone had brought up like, what was, like, what is what's my son's grade or uh, what's my grade in in this class? And the teacher was like, he's got an A. And they she was like, does he seem like he's cheating or or? He doesn't know the material, and she was like, "Actually, no. I I love him in my class. He's actually when he's there, he's actually really engaging." But um, yeah, I, I've never had a problem. And I I you know he clearly knows what he's doing, and I remember the the dean was just listening to this, and the dean at the end they deliberated or def. Oh my god, why can't I say the word? They deliberated, <laughs> deliberated, stead- deliberated for uh i remember like a like 10 minutes or so like with me and my mom not in there and finally they they brought me back in and they were like okay we're gonna let you stay in the program this is your technically your last year anyways but you know moving forward you can't have any more unexcused absences and i was like oh my god i made it this is score and so uh but what made this class so awesome, man, uh, there are so many stories. I could just talk about ETC or Advanced Technology Center. It was the coolest thing ever. My lunch breaks was literally, uh, and uh, I worked at Circuit City at the time. Uh, bless that that place, you know. <laughs> it's no longer a business, obviously. But, hey, fun fact. A lot of people didn't notice, but Circuit City was the found, uh, they founded uh, CarMax of all businesses, and then they spun it out. If they would have held on to CarMax, they probably still would have been business now. But anyways, um, I was working at Circuit City, and I was a pretty good salesman there. I was, like, selling computers. And this was, like, back in the day, like, when monitors were, like, big and, like, computers were, like, wonky and whatever. And being uh, being that I worked there, I they had certain contests sometimes for employees that if you sold enough, you would, like, win certain things. And I remember... My mom was like, what are you doing? But I remember one time I had won a 50-inch, which was massive at the time. I won a 50-inch massive TV. This is like a big TV, not like a flat screen, but it was like a close enough to a flat screen. Big-ass TV. And um, I used to bring it with me my senior year. At that point, I had a car. I would bring it with me, and um, every single day, we would set up all these kids, nerds pretty much, gamers – would set up with their computers, their uh, their consoles on their lunch break. So from – actually from breakfast. <laughs> so breakfast, whenever the morning started there, to nighttime, we would all set up. And because this is a tech school and it was like the second year, they wanted to allow the students to kind of do whatever they wanted to do and develop the programs that existed there. And so we would set up in the cafeteria and have massive lands. If you don't know what a land is, it's essentially – uh, when everyone gets together and they play like similar games on, on uh, like they play the same game, but on different TVs and different consoles and every corner of the cafeteria had a different game. It was like Halo was here. Halo 2 was there. Super Smash Brothers was here. Counter-Strike was over here. And, like, whatever game you wanted to play, you would just go over there. And if persons – like, if the person had, like uh, – and, and there were groups of people everywhere. And you would just play these games on your lunch break. And considering that some of my lunch breaks were three hours, four hours breaks in between some of my classes because, you know, it's a college, um, it was the, my f- most favorite – or not even most favorite. That's not even a thing. But my favorite two years of going to school ever. And so – I graduate, I get to graduate with my high school class. So you graduate at ETC, you get your diploma from them, and then you get to graduate uh, with your high school as well. And so I did that. I graduated with uh, my high school. My, my friends <laughs> looked at me and they were like, dude, we thought you moved. And I was like, no, I was at a different school. I, didn't, I was so introverted at the time that I never really socialized with friends outside of going to school. I was kind of just like a nerd. And especially when I was hanging out with the people at ATC, I started to do more nerdy stuff, especially then. I started to really get into, like, learning how to, like, computer network because I had some friends that were learning networking. I forgot what my friend Rocky was studying. I think he was studying – man, I need to reach out to him. I think he was studying computer hardware. I think he was studying computer hardware. I was studying computer programming. He was studying hardware You know, there was people that were studying computer networking. Some of our classes are, like, uh, prerequisite classes, like, intermingled. So, like, my uh, junior year, I was able to have a lot of classes together with Rocky, which was really cool. And, um, but, so, yeah, anyways, like, we're, we graduate. I graduate with my high school friends. And, essentially, when I graduate, I have enough college credits to already go in as a junior into university if I wanted to do that. And so I think I told myself, eh. and then uh, 9-11 had just occurred um, maybe, or it didn't have just occurred. It happened five years prior. So the um, Iraq war was still going on. So when I when I graduated out of ATC, there was a part of me that wanted to join the military, a big part of me actually. So I, I took the ASVAP, and when I st- the ASVAP's the, the exam that you needed to take to get into the military. And depending on how scored the exam results are, really determines the kind of career that you can have in the military. And I scored a, a, a 92, which I think the highest score you can score is like a 97 on the ASVAP. And so I pretty much could do any career I wanted to do. And I remember at the time, because we were at war, this is a very different time, that they were pretty much in full recruitment mode. They were literally sending recruiters to people's houses if they showed some interest. And I remember because I had scored so high on the ASFAT that my mom would get, like, uh, like Army, Navy, and Air Force people coming to our house trying to get me recruited. And I wanted to be a nuclear engineer coming out of high school. I wanted to go um, be a nuclear engineer the requirement was I had to sign a six-year contract with the Navy. Uh, but if I did, um, if I wanted, if I signed a six-year contract with the Navy, they were going to give me a, as a sign-on bonus, I think at the time was like $100,000. So if I signed on, or no, sorry, I think it was like $20,000 if you signed on, plus you're going in as, as uh, I wanted to go in as an officer because I had college education already done. And then I wanted to finish my four-year degree there to, you know, be a nuclear engineer, you have to have uh, education in, in that. And, um, but if I signed on after my six years, if I re-signed on for another four years, they were going to give me a hundred thousand dollars sign on bonus. And I was, I remember telling my mom, I was like, mom, this is a great opportunity for me. And my mom has, you know, bless her heart. She never wanted to have, and again, we were going through a war in Iraq and Afghanistan, she just read all the news all the time about all this stuff. And she just, you know, she only had her two sons and she didn't want me to go to war. Um, but she told me, you know, whatever your choice is at the end of the day, I'm going to respect it. And I, I want to be a nuclear engineer. I thought it was going to be so awesome. If I had gotten that, um, that job path, I would have been able to. The only two places you're going to work as a nuclear engineer for the Navy is either an aircraft carrier or a nuclear submarine. And both of those I thought were going to be so awesome. I was like, you know, being in a tube for, like, underwater, like, I I love military stuff as a kid. I still do. I love, like, watching military things, uh, like movies, playing military video games. Uh, Some of my best friends are people that served in the military. I have 100% full respect for people that served. Um, I honestly think it should be a requirement that people – um, when they when they come out of school, they should serve at least two years in the military or at least enroll into the reserve. Um, even though I didn't do it myself. Um I, I lost some friends as well. Um, uh, and I have a lot of friends that, that came out of it and they're doing so great. Some others that are struggling, but I really do think it's very important that people do serve. Um but anyways, um I I want to sign on as a nuclear engineer. I'm so excited. I tell my mom, like, mom, this is like an awesome opportunity. I mean, if I come out of school with this kind of degree that they're paying for, not only if I re-sign on with the Navy, the reason why they want to sign you on is because that degree that you have is worth a lot. Like if I would have came out, I could have gone to work at like nuclear facilities in, in the United States and easily made $200,000 a year if I wanted to. Um, and so this is where you're going to start to see the trend of me making choices that um, really are going to lead to me having to, to really choose certain career paths because I'm, I'm deviating away from things that logically most people would take. One of the cool things about me is that my mom is from Colombia, the country in South America. Beautiful country. If you've never been there, you guys really should go. It is super safe. It's the most biologically diverse country in the world. It has deserts, rainforests, mountains, uh, ocean, beaches. Literally, whatever you're looking for, you can find in Colombia. The food is phenomenal. The people are great. It's just a, a really great area, and especially now, your U.S. dollars worth so much right now. Um, obviously, the pandemic's going on, so it's probably not a good time to go right now. But whenever this dies down, if you've never been, you really need to go. Anyways, because my mom is from Colombia. I have dual nationality so when I was born, I was born here in the United States. I was born in Orlando, Florida and um, because I was born here, my mom because she was from Colombia she was able to um, give to her kids um, the ability to have both a American passport and a Colombian passport so essentially whenever I want I can go and live in Colombia get a job out there and be like you know, a citizen of Colombia, pay taxes, do whatever I need to do, whenever I want, and I did that actually. And that's another thing we could talk about some other time. I lived in Colombia for two years. That's actually where I met my wife before even I moved here to Vegas. That's where I was living, um, and it was a great experience. But anyways, uh, so I have the reason why I'm talking about this dual nationality is one of the requirements when I was talking to my recruiter before I was, you know, about to sign on to everything um but he had at like I remember on the questionnaire that they were giving me they were asking me if I had any dual nationality to a list of countries and Colombia was one of those countries that was on here and I asked him I was like uh what would happen if I do have dual nationality to Colombia because I actually do and I remember my recruiter was telling me well if you do uh unfortunately you're going to have to go to the um Colombian consulate or the embassy and you're going to have to rescind your nationality at Colombia. And I asked him, I was like, why is that? And he was like, well, I mean, if you're going to be a nuclear engineer, you need clearance for that. You need security clearance. And to be issued clearance, if uh, at the time America had a, uh, like an iffy relationship with um, a lot of South American countries, there was just a lot of drugs obviously coming out of Colombia. It's not like that anymore. But if you watch Narcos or you know that, You know, Pablo Escobar had a presence in the 90s. uh, And then a lot of drugs were coming out of Colombia still then. And so there was a drug war going on with Colombia at the time. So it was on this list. And so if I was, you know, a citizen from that country or if you had dual nationality, you had to give up your dual nationality. And, you know, the funny story to this, when I was growing up as a kid, I hated Colombia. Hated it. Hated it 100%. Every summer, my mom would send me to Colombia with my brother, and I never got to spend some summers in Florida with my friends. And so because I was a kid, and especially, like, you know, I'm visiting my grandparents and some of my family out there. They speak Spanish. I want to speak English. My Spanish is all right at the time as a kid. It just, it wasn't for me, especially, like, when I grew up, where I grew up in Florida was so beautiful. It was, like, one of the most beautiful cities you can grow up in in Florida. And... Uh, I just wanted to be around my friends, play video games, and it was dreadful, hated it, you know, hated going to Columbia. My mom would send me for like two, three weeks to be with my grandparents one time, like a month. And, um, I used to always tell my mom, mom, please don't send me and my brother there. And it was actually cool. I mean, like now reflecting on it now, like I, fl- me and my brother f- were flying by ourselves. I mean, not technically by ourselves because Avianca and a lot of airliners have this program. I don't think they have it anymore because of, you know, liability reasons. But at the time, you know, you can get assigned a flight attendant that would follow you from the moment you're, you got dropped off at the airport. They would be with you 100%. They were like your guardian until you met your uh, whoever was going to pick you up at the airport there. And they would have the names of the people and everything. And we would have these like badges on our chest. And then we got to sit wherever we wanted to sit on the airplane, which was so cool. I got to go into like the cockpit of the of, of planes, which you'll never be able to do now. But I got to see like the pilots fly a plane, which was so awesome. It was a really cool program that a lot of airliners had at the time for kids that were traveling by themselves without their parents. And I actually would be very interested to look that up to see if that's still a thing. I mean, obviously, certain things they wouldn't allow now. But um, so yeah, I would go to Columbia every other summer, and it was a dreadful. So when my recruiter was telling me about rescinding my, my citizenship to Colombia, I actually, for a second, contemplated it. I was like, you know, I don't like Colombia at all. I mean, what is the benefit to having this? And I remember coming home, telling my mom, I was like, mom, you know, everything's great. My recruiter's telling me, like, I'm a, I'm a great candidate. You know, they want to sign me on. I was telling her, like, you know, where I would be. I would probably get sent out to San Diego, California. And I was like, I'm super excited about this. And my mom was like, that's awesome, Papa. And she, you know, that's her nickname for me. And uh, she was like, you know, the pay sounds awesome. Your safety sounds fine. (laughs) I I did nuclear engineering because A, the money was great. And, you know, to reassure my mom, God bless her soul. Like if you're on a nuclear, an aircraft carrier has never been shot at since World War II uh, or a United States aircraft carrier has never been attacked since Pearl Harbor. Never been touched ever. So they're super safe and in a nuclear submarine there's a lot of redundancies there and yeah there are accidents that happen and people do die but it's very rare especially with our technology that we have and i was like and no one's touching a submarine they're invisible they're like if you know anything about our nuclear submarines they are they could be underwater for 100 days you know if they needed to be 150 days I, and definitely technically but they have to come to surface because uh they need to restock up on water and, and food but they can recycle air under there forever and the nuclear reactors are, are capable of running for ten years without a change to their um their fuel rods, which I thought was just super cool, just knowing about this stuff. And my mom was like, Well, you're gonna be safe. You're not gonna be overseas like uh like as a foot soldier. I was like, Yeah, mom, this is so awesome. I was like, But one thing and she was like, What's that? And I was like, Well, they were telling me because I need a security clearance, I have to um rescind my citizenship to Colombia. My mom looked at me and she was like, she was like, are you thinking about it? And I was like, yeah, I really want to, I want to join. I want to enlist. And she was like, I don't want to tell you not to do this. She was like, but I want you to think about it a little bit more. And, um, she was like, this is, this what you're talking about is going to impact you forever. Like coming out of the military, You'll have a good career, possibly. But what you have with Columbia is something that you can't just buy. It, you, I mean, you can't. If you ha- once you have this, you're able to go to South America whenever you want. I was like, Mom, I don't like Columbia. She was like, yeah, but when you get older, it, it might change. And she was like, just don't be so irrational about it. Think, Think it through and think about it a little bit more. And I thought about it, thought about it. I had my girlfriend at the time that was also telling me she didn't want to see me go. And so I made the choice not to enlist. One of my biggest regrets, honestly, if, if I could be very honest with people on here, it, it really bothers me that I never did it. Not because of the opportunities in the career path, but again, like I was saying at the beginning, it's just the ultimate respect that I have for the military. I actually just found out that my, or not found out, but one of my, who I consider a brother to me, one of the kids I grew up with, um, who I pretty much lived at their house, uh, their family and pretty much introduced me to video games and, uh, also offered me, they were just a, a great family. They welcomed me and my brother into their house. Um, their youngest son, I remember when we were kids, their youngest son was like four years, five years younger than me. Um, no more, sorry. Their youngest son was like six, seven years younger than me, but love military always talked about the military me and him would always talk about different military stuff his dad was into military uh things as well and uh he was always into it this kid was like seven years younger than me and uh when we crossed paths i was in middle school so he was like in elementary school wanted to be in the military this this is so awesome he just graduated out of university recently and he's now uh enlisted into the army as, and he wants to be a helicopter pilot. Um, so cool to hear about that though. Like I'm super proud of him. One of the, one of the very few people that I know personally that since I was a kid wanted to be in the military and never, never lost sight of that, that objective. And so, uh, kudos to you, Christopher, man, I'm always super proud of you. Uh, and your family is just awesome. I love you guys, but, um, so yeah, I, uh, I didn't enlist. Um, I go on to work at Circus City, and then my mom was like, "Well, you um, probably should go to university." And I was like, "Yeah, but uh, I'm good. Like, I got my girlfriend. I'm, I'm at this point. I'm immature. I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. This is like my most immature period of my life. I rebelled a little bit too because I, um, I moved out of my parents' place when I was like 17 and a half. I wasn't 18 yet. Uh, But like I said, my girlfriend at the time was older than me. So she had a place where she was living at and she asked me if I wanted to live with her. And I was like, yeah. And I grew up, my parents used to tell me, um, you know, you're not really going to understand what real life is like because uh, you have such a sheltered life and not like to that degree, but like indirectly kind of saying it like that, like you're not going to know what life is really going to be like, like for some other people. I used to take that to heart. And, um, yeah, I, I, I chose one night. I packed up all my stuff while I was still in school, ATC, actually funny enough. And, uh, packed up all my stuff and I just moved out. I moved out. I moved in with this girl late at night, didn't tell my mom, but didn't speak with her for a week Poor her. And when I told her finally, I was like, you know, I want to grow up. I want to do my own thing. I was like, you can't, you know, my mom wanted, my mom was the type of mom that would to this day love for me to live with her. And I love her. She's so awesome. But, um, she just loves her kids so much. She just always wants to be around them. And I, I can see why now, like me having my daughter, I can't imagine a world where I'm never going to have my daughter not around. Um, so I can definitely empathize with what she was talking about, but, um, yeah, she never wanted me to leave the house. And so I left and, Uh, I grew up pretty fast you know I learned I had to like pay bills things I never did before had my car payment like rent whatever whatever and so I don't go to school for like a couple years like a few years and then finally I'm like you know what I should probably get my degree the financial crisis is you know it's like 2000 I graduated in 2006 financial crisis happened in 2008 it's like 2010 job markets hard I'm, I talked about this in my confidence podcast. I was going through some difficult times as well. And so I was like, you know what? I need to get a, a uh, I need to finish my degree. You know, I already have two years out of the way. I might as well just go to university. I go, <laughs> I go to university and um, I go through a full year. I'm a junior and I'm just not in it. I'm not, my mind's not there anymore. I don't, the only reason I feel like I want, I'm getting this degree is because my mom always, like if I didn't join the military, she, one of the reasons why she was so proud of me to join the military is because I was going to be getting my college degree as well coming out. And so my mom getting a degree was so important for her kids because she never really had it. um, And she was such a hard worker and she, she was so successful. And it's so funny now when I look at my life and then I look at my mom's life when she was younger she went through a lot more struggles than I did because she didn't speak a lick of English when she first moved here. But our career paths that we took were very similar in a funny way. Um, but I, I I go to university for a year. I do it, but I only, I'm looking at it as just like, it's a piece of paper. This is so stupid. Why am I even going through this? I'm racking up debt. I'm like, I don't even want to like go through this program. Um, I go, I get out of, uh, computer science. At, once I got older, uh, at this point, I'm like 22, 23. I realized that I don't want to be a computer programmer anymore. When I graduated ATC, I realized that, you know, being a computer programmer required me to be in front of a computer all the time, programming language. And it's really boring. It's really cool to see the end results, but it's really boring of a job and great pay, tons of pay, especially in Florida, uh, You know, anywhere you go with computer science, especially at that time period, was you're going to be making a ton of money, stupid money. But it's just so boring. And I love being in front of games. I could sit in front of a computer monitor for days if I wanted to, to play games, but to program it was just so dull. And then, like, you know, I mean, it's different now, but then, like, if your code was wrong, code is like what you're typing when you're programming. If your code was wrong anywhere, you had to, like, find it somewhere. You had to realize what you did wrong. You had to compile, like, everything and see if your program was going to be working. And I was just like, this is not for me. Um, funny enough, the the brother of, of my friend that just recently joined the military, he uh, studied computer science. And he actually went to a, f- um, a really well-respected computer science school or school in florida fit or florida what is it florida institute of technology i think it's what fit stands for and now he's killing it he's doing so well as a computer programmer (laughs) so uh he was older he's like close enough to my age he's like my brother's age and um he's doing so well in computer science so like it's so cool like when i talk when i hang out with both of them there's a, a part of me that loves talking about military stuff and then the other one hates military things but loves like computer science and I love picking his brain and I'm all, I'm super proud of Michael as well. I'm just super proud of his whole family. His family is just phenomenal. The the most loving family I'll, I'll ever meet. But um anyways uh I go to I switch my degree to finance. I want to go to school for finance. I want to be a stock trader cuz just like I was talking in my last podcast I started to learn how to get into investing. And so financial crisis happened. I get into investing in 2008 and I'm loving it. And so I'm like, man, there must be a ton of money to be made if you're an investor or not an investor, but like working for a brokerage and being a a stockbroker. And so I wanted to get a school in finance. So I went to school for finance. And I remember when I was writing my thesis paper my senior year and I was writing my thesis paper on the financial crisis of 2008. I hated how corrupt the system was that I literally dropped out of school because of that. I didn't change degree programs. It was like the nail in the coffin that got me to not want to be uh, going to school anymore because not only did I not value my my degree in the sense that I was only going to school to get a piece of paper so I could get into a brokerage firm so I could get my Series 7 license so I could start trading but that's the re- license that's required for you to, to be a uh, stockbroker. And um. I didn't know, like, I thought having a finance degree was important for me to get into that field. It is, technically. You know, if you don't have your degree, it's really hard to get your Series 7 license. Because to get that license, it's not like any other license. You have to work for a company, and they have to sponsor you to get that license, which sucks. Because I would have it now, technically, if I if I could just test for it. um. But... Uh, yeah, so I was only going to school so I could get that, and that was it. But I was telling myself, you know, I'm not really in- enjoying my my courses because I already know all this stuff. I was self-teaching myself all my courses. It was really stupid. I was racking up debt, college debt. Um, and on top of that, I was like, this piece of paper is I'm only going to need it once I get to a brokerage. I'm, I'm never going to use it again. This is the stupidest thing ever. I had no value for it because like I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. So, you know, I saw their success and neither of my parents have my stepfather or my mother have college degrees and they're they do. They're doing so well in life. They're they're some of the most successful people I know. And so it was a mixture of that. The the hate that I had for the financial system once I started to do more research into the history of the financial crisis and what led up to it and how, like, all of that in itself is an interesting podcast. If you guys haven't delved enough into how corrupt the financial crisis was and what led up to it, man, some really good movies, honestly, is, um, what's, uh, Too Big to Fail, which was an HBO movie, and... What is the other one, um, about shorting stock that was like big. Oh man, I'm forgetting all the names of the actors that were in it too. The big short, I think it was like the big short, uh, great movie. I think it's on Netflix. If you watch that, you can get a pretty good idea of just how corrupt the system was. Um, I love that movie watching it and a wolf of wall street is kind of a good one as well. Not really relative to it, but kind of, but It was a mixture of all of these things. I was like, you know what? Screw this, man. I really don't want to finish university. I had like a semester and a half left, and I dropped out. (laughs) When I told my mom that, she could not believe it. When I told my friends, they could not believe it. Uh, At this point, like, all my friends were already graduating with a four-year degree because I had taken a break off from not going to school. A lot of my friends had graduated uh, a year prior, and... When I told them that, they were like, that's the stupidest thing ever. I was like, well, you know, it's not for everyone, you know. And that choice that I made literally changed my life forever. It forced me to be a salesman. And because of those choices, when you don't have a degree, especially now, the system is so stacked against you if you do not have a degree. I feel so bad for people because they have to endure so much debt just to have the capacity to be just slightly more competitive than the person next to them. It, it is so messed up of a system. In itself, another podcast that you could talk about, just the, the corruption of, of, of the public education, not public education. Well, yeah, public education needs to be fixed, but, um, you know, the university programs. Because it, I had this idea, too, that if you, uh, I have this theory. If you go to uh, college so this you're gonna laugh at me if you're go, if you go to college, you really should only be going to college right now if you're getting an engineering degree, any form of analytical degree or a profession uh, degree or um, or a business finance cl- uh, course is always good you're, those people will never disappear because you could take that degree and really go work anywhere. If you don't work in any of those five if you don't get any of those five degrees, you are really going to have it hard in life, especially right now, if that's, if you're taking any degrees that are outside of those five realms, because if it's not robots taking your job or artificial intelligence, taking your job, it's literally the pay itself. It's just not going to be worth what you're paying to get those, those type of degrees. So, and even then professions, my God, you're spending half a million dollars just now to like, if you wanted to be a doctor, it's ridiculous. Um, and to be a lawyer, it's like almost like two hundred thousand dollars to be a lawyer, one hundred fifty thousand, which is crazy with law school and your degree itself. Um, but it's worth it because robots aren't going to be replacing those jobs. But uh, I at least was studying a degree that you know I could have taken with me, either computer science or finance, were both two two phenomenal degrees I could have had. Didn't do, and because of that, um, part of my internalized psyche for justifying my choice was now as an adult then is stupid but now i appreciate the fact that i did that because i would not be where i'm at in life and i love where i'm at in life i i could not be any happier to think where my life would have taken me if i became a computer programmer i would not be this happy 100% and I, I know for a fact i would still probably be introverted i would have been around other people that are are tech savvy um, and those type of people tend to not be ext- extroverts and yeah, I would have had a ton of money, but I would have been those guys that literally buy their girlfriends cars and stuff like that. And literally never been happy because I would have felt like m- money was the only thing that was going to buy me my happiness, but it, it wouldn't have been. Um, and then on the other side, I'm glad that I never really got into finance itself because I really would have not liked it. It's really cutthroat, and I don't like that type of work. I don't like to be the person that undercuts people. It's just not in my nature. It's not how my mom raised me, um, and I, I love investing for myself, but to invest for other people, you really need – it's a competitive field to move up in the, in the finance market. Like if you want to go from being a stockbroker to moving up and eventually owning your own brokerage firm, It really is super competitive and very cutthroat. And I just didn't want to deal with that. And then at the time, I also had a bad taste period with just finance in general. Just after what I learned about banks, you know, the government, state, local government and federal government and just how whole just the whole system is just even to this day. And it's even worse now. These banks are so big now. They will never fail. If you ever want to invest into a business. And like this just, here's an investment advice. If you ever want to invest in a business that can never fail, put your money into a bank, bank of America, Wells Fargo, JP Morgan Chase, Citigroup. um, Those are like the top four banks, dump your money in there. Your money will never go away. You'll never lose that stock because if any of those four banks go bankrupt, the whole financial market will go tank. And the last thing you're going to care about is your stock being worth nothing Because at that point, the whole financial system is going to be tanked. So it doesn't matter. So there's a word of advice there for you guys. Because after the financial crisis, investment banks and and normal banks got merged together to help support investment banks that went belly up. Because they were absorbing so many bad notes or um, investing in so many bad things like shitty mortgages that... um, the only way, and it was a law passed nearly 100 years ago that forbid uh, investment companies from ever merging with banks. But because the federal government didn't want to prop up these investment banks with their own money, they got rid of that law and allowed investment banks to merge with banks. And now these banks have so much money. They own, like, I mean, I think JP Morgan, for example, uh, like, in... On their balance sheet, they have, like, $20 trillion of money. That's, like, in mortgages, bank accounts, investments, all of that stuff. They nearly own, like, a stupid amount of money. There's no way you could ever let them fail. It's ridiculous. And so um, I learned that a long time ago. And then learning about fiat currency and how our dollar is really worth nothing It's a piece of paper – but people put so much value behind it. It's so stupid. The whole system is just, it's a system built on trust. And, and, and any second, if anyone loses faith in the dollar, this whole system is going to collapse. But anyways, um, my idea is reflecting on it now. I love where I'm at. I have the availability to communicate my way out of any situation I want to now. I had to hustle and work so hard because just to get my foot in the door to get a job, the types of jobs that I had in the past, like even sales job, a majority of my, my job history is sales. But to get my foot in the door, I had to make an impression because a lot of the, the, the career paths that I took in sales, especially car sales, I did that for five years, was dominated by older individuals. And being a younger person is very difficult. And especially if you're not a cutthroat person, where in a lot of these industries, it's like that. You really had to do something. You really had to make a name for yourself. And so I had to learn really quickly how to be a communications expert. And thank God that I spent a lot of my time learning communication because of women that I was able to translate those skill sets that I learned for the opposite sex into how to, like, navigate asking for, like, a a raise, better job positions, um, having the ability to communicate whatever's on my mind to other people and how to properly do it. All of those things I would have never had as a skill set or I probably would have paid to learn them in the future because I would have realized I, I didn't have them. But because I had to have these skill sets, I would not be where I'm at in life right now. And I love like all my life choices and the adventures I got to take and just all the reckless things I, I could do. I, I've, I've many retired at least three times in the last 10 years. <laughs> I took two years off. Uh, going to Colombia, I've taken a year off uh, after losing temporarily losing a job in Las Vegas, uh, like a year and a half off. And then I took another year off again after I left that job and, you know, took another like recently another year off until I got this last job that I'm working at. And it's just been great. You know, I, I had the availability to do these kind of things and make these kind of choices as much as my family looks at me and it's like, what are you doing? I love it. I love, I think everyone should take a two-year break if they can, if, you know, you could figure it out and not do a nine-to-five job, you know, your whole life and regret what you're doing uh, and figure out, like, exactly what you do want to do with your life. And for me, it's just, I, I realized when I moved to Columbia, prior to moving there when I was, I was a sales manager for a car dealership and I was also doing, um, uh, dating coaching as well. It was taking up a lot of my time. And, um, I went from that extreme working like 60 hours a week. And when I moved to Columbia, I had quit everything, sold everything, moved there. And I didn't work ever. It went from 60 hours a week to zero hours a week of work. I realized something that after when I moved back to the States, I told myself if I ever move back to the States, I'm never working a 40 hour a week job ever again. Never, never going to do it. It's not for me. I don't care how much money it's in it. To me, money is not important. What matters to me more is flexibility and having the ability to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And, um, I've had those opportunities, which has just been phenomenal. So I look for jobs now that are like 20, 25 hours of my time a week and I can still make the same amount of money that some people are making working 40, 50 hours a week. And so I would never have those career paths or that ability to do those things. If I would have stuck with either one of the choices I was studying for. And so, um, now that you understand a little bit about my history, maybe you can kind of see to those that studied in university and are, are successful kudos to you. Um, I'm super happy for you to those that went to university and, um, you know, they their degree is one of those degrees I I I brought up that I think is not valuable at all in this current job market. So like, if it's not analytical, mathematical, or professional, or engineering, or um, uh, yeah, those or um or like a business finance degree or like business in general and business administration degree, you're really struggling probably right now because your jobs are disappearing. And and it's really hard to get into another career path unless you're taking that degree and and you're applying it to your own business that you started. Then then great. That's awesome. Or and this is what I tell people. If you are going to go to school in that career path and or in a degree program, that's not one of those five that I brought up. Then you better take like just as a word of advice. If you are going to school, I highly doubt it. But if you are going to school, listening to this, what you should do is spend those four years and socialize with every single person that you can at school, because it is a given fact that people that do graduate at a university tend to be a lot more successful than people that did not graduate with a degree uh, because they eventually go out to get a a great professional job or uh, they start their own business. They're more likely to do that with that kind of uh, education. So what you want to do is you want to open as many doors as possible, because that's one of the things that, that allowed me to have the lifestyle that I have is because I'm a very social person and I like to talk to a lot of different people. And one of the benefits to that is that when I am in a position where I need work, it's very easy for me to be like, well, huh, I want to do, this person's probably needing like a sales, a sales, someone that's really good at sales. Let me reach out to them and see like if, you know, they would want to hire me on board, but like the type of job role that I want to do. And I would never be able to do that. If I never knew people, I would only be able to ask my family and friends. Like if I had such a small circle and I would be stuck doing jobs that were in their control versus jobs that are more in my control. So Mm -hmm. word of advice, if you are not taking any of those five degrees I brought up, you need to be socializing with as many people as possible. Even when you're out of school, you need to be socializing with people all the time. You need it to, um, not socialized with just pe- your coworkers and just your friends. You really need to meet strangers and do whatever you need to do to meet strangers all the time because the doors that open to you. And that's one of the reasons why I appreciated moving to Las Vegas. I had so many opportunities open up to me because I worked at a nightclub and then Las Vegas just generates so much tourism that my God, I mean, if I ever really needed a job and if I, if I was desperate, there's a million people I could probably reach out to on my phone and easily get a job if I really needed it, th- the money. Um, but I never, I've never allowed myself to get into that position just because of my struggles that I went through in my confidence podcasts, um, you know, being so so in debt and literally having nothing to my name. I've never wanted to allow myself to get to that point, but you know, I don't even know how long Oh my God, this is about to be my first hour-long podcast. This is exciting. I have three more minutes to talk about stuff. <laughs> this is not filler. Um, so anyways, to recap, I had such a, like, I had a college degree offered to me at many points in my life. Dropped on my lap. Paid for, you know, your, if you would have taken these degrees, you would have been six-figure income, killing it in life. Doing really well or or making a ton of money, not killing it, because I honestly think I would be so unhappy right now with my life if I would have taken either one of those career paths. And, yeah, you could argue, well, Jason, why not choose to do a different thing? Well, I mean, honestly, my hobbies are are science related, uh, finance, um, hist- history, um, technology. And so if I wanted to get a degree and I'm not, I don't really value a degree at, even at that point when I was getting my finance degree, I didn't really value a degree. You know, it had to be a degree to get into one of those other interests. If it was science, I already was too late. I mean, honestly, you know, I would, uh, at this point I would love to be a teacher. You know, the only reason I would get a degree now is to be a teacher. I would love to be a teacher. I, I think Uh, the youth is super important. I love educating people. I love, I mean, if I didn't have this interest in just blurting out, you know, knowledge and thoughts and stuff like that. I mean, this podcast probably wouldn't be something I would want to do every single day, but it's so easy for me to do this every day because I just love learning things and I love sharing those things with people, especially when you care. And, um, Eventually, when I when I'm doing good enough in life, I really do want to start a program with my wife where I want to teach to to underprivileged people ways to um, start their own business, um, how to prepare for college if that's what they want to do, or trade school, which I think is is a great career path to get into. Honestly, college is so overrated. Trade school is a job. Trade work is never going to disappear to to robots. And actually some of the top rated job professions right now are trade school jobs like dental hygienists. Oh my God. I think it's like two years of education with dental hygienists and you come out already being able to make 65 grand a year. And I mean, you're ne- no, no robot's going to do that job. There's no, one's going to trust a robot going in there and cleaning someone's teeth. Same thing with radiology. Radiology is like the number one. I think if you do uh four years, I think it is, or two years, of trade school for radiology. You can easily come out with overtime. I have a friend here in Las Vegas. He uh, he worked at a nightclub and he did radiology school as well. And he, now he does radiology and he was making buttloads of money working overtime if he wanted to. They gave him uh, opportunities because there's not enough people that work in radiology. Um, so actually, there's an asterisk right there. If you're not getting one of those five degrees, go into a trade school. Look up online right now. You can look at the top five best Paying trade school jobs and they're really great. They're like on your own time. Dental hygienists. I actually I spoke with my dental hygienist. I, I, I value my teeth a lot, <laughs> so I go get my cleanings every six months, hundred percent. Um, the dental hygienist at the, at the um dentist that I go to, she has it so great. She uh I used to think dental hygienists work at the dental offices, but no. There's certain dental hygienists that they get paid by the amount of people's teeth that they clean. And so it's really their own time. And what they do is they go to different dentists and then they're like, hey, you know, are you looking for a dental hygienist? Yeah, okay, great. Because the dentist himself doesn't do the cleaning. He just does like the technical work on your teeth. Uh, but the hygienist is always the person that comes in and is always cleaning your teeth. And those people have it so great. There's, they have, uh, so you can either work for a dentist and do really well with that, uh, you could do a commission only structure where you uh, for every person's teeth that you clean, you get paid out by that dentist's office and you pretty much make your own schedule at that point. And that's what my hygienist does. She works only like three days a week. She goes in for like four hours every every other day. And she just <laughs> she goes to like three different dentist's office, like in a small five mile radius, because here in Las Vegas, there's like a dentist at every block and she's just killing it. She's like, man, I love my job. And I know a lot of hygienists that uh, are just all like the, I knew a a cocktail waitress. She has her own business now. Her name uh, is Stephanie. She lives in California now. But funny enough, I knew her because she was a cocktail waitress at uh, one of the sister clubs that we used to own uh, when I was working at Marquis. And uh, I one day was getting my uh, teeth cleaned at another dentist I used to go to And she was there and I was like, wait, you work here? And she was like, yeah, I'm going to, or like I finished dental school while I was a cocktail waitress. And now she's doing great. Now she's owns her own business. It's like a a awesome business in, in California where she, uh, all, she sells products that are, they don't contribute to, uh, pollution. They're like all products that are biodegradable. And there's like a wide variety of products that she sells, like the wasteless shop, I think it's called. um, and super happy for her. That's so awesome. Her and I think her fiance, I don't know. I, I, I don't really know her too well, but I do follow her on, on social media. And I think that's super awesome, like, just the opportunity that she has. And, again, like, working in that field. My buddy, uh, my other friend that's a radiologist, he literally never <laughs> he never worked at the club because he was making so much, so much money as a radiologist, you know. And the, the club money was just, like, supplemental income for him, which was so cool. Um, so yeah, honestly, long story short, uh, don't ever regret not going to school. Sometimes the positions that you're in, they might be downhill struggles. Um, I don't think going to school now as an adult is the right choice though. The amount of debt that you're going to accumulate really what you should really think about doing is working a job, staying consistent with that job and trying to save up as much money as possible to, um, either start your own business or don't even go to college and go to a trade school because trade schools are totally worth it. Um, and I really, I, I don't think universities are worth it, you know, unless you go for those five degrees that I brought up and that's just my opinion, but it worked out for me. My life is great. Could I be somewhere else? Yeah. Would I be as happy? Fucking no, not at all. So thank you guys to people that listened to this to the very end. I fucking did it. My first one-hour podcast, we did it, everyone. This is so awesome. Um, Thank you to everyone that listens. Thank you to everyone that supports. Again, ladies, you guys are phenomenal. You guys are the, the number one sex that listens to my my podcast. Men, you guys are starting to catch up as well. Um, You can find me. I don't know if I brought it up in my last podcast. I probably did, but you can literally find me on any podcast podcast platform now pretty much i'm on on apple google spotify anchor um almost every one of them honestly the best way to find find me if you have a specific uh podcaster or podcast um distributor that you go through you could just go to my anchor.fm forward slash tongues out podcasts. if you just go to that hyperlink on there, it has a link to every single one of them. And you can just click it and it takes you directly to them. Because I'm still new. If you just type in tongues out, I'm not going to pop out. There's actually a hockey podcast that came out a few years back. I don't think they do them anymore, but they're like tongues out uh, hockey or tongue tongues hockey or I don't know, something like that. And um, <laughs> so, yes, anyways. Thank you guys so much. Mad love to every single one of you uh, for supporting me and listening to me. Uh, if, you, if you like this, please, I, I would love to hear from you guys. You know, DM me, private message me. If you've heard of this, you had to have gotten it so far from my social media. So if you don't want to email me, hit me up with a message on Facebook or Instagram. Um, I would love to just get your thoughts on how you guys think this is going so far, what you think I could probably improve on. I'm getting more comfortable doing these. Um, and so I think these hour long podcasts are going to be a little bit, you know, you'll see them more often. I don't think I'm going to do them every single day just because I don't know if that's what you guys want. Uh, but I would love to get your guys' opinion. I think this one was easy for me because it's, I I'm opening myself up about something that just has always been there in my mind. Like, was this always the right choice? Was it not? And, you know, in the last five years, I really do think that not going to college was probably one of the best choices I ever made. Now, biggest regrettable choice was also not going to join the service as well. Uh, Much love to people that did serve in the military. I always have 100% respect for you guys. If you own a business and you don't offer a discount to military servicemen that are active or inactive servicemen, you are fucked up. These people gave up their lives for X amount of years or forever to be able to, for us to have the opportunities that we have, you know? Is there problems with the military complex? Yes. Can we talk about it? Yes. But these, it doesn't matter. These people still served and they deserve respect, every single one of them. And so uh, if you own a business, you don't offer them a discount, or if you go to a business and you find out that they don't, every time I go with military friends and they ask if there's a military discount and they don't have one, if my friend's not willing to speak up, I always speak up for them because I think it's always fucked up for a business to not offer discounts to people. Um, at least that's got to offer discounts to at least people that I wouldn't even care if I never had a discount ever again, as long as every business offered a discount to people that serve in the military. But anyways, um, yes. Thank you again to them. Uh, continue fighting. and, And I didn't bring this up in the last few of my podcasts, but I don't want the conversation to end about, um, the fighting for equality for black lives. You know, I hope people keep fighting for that. It's very important. Uh, police accountability needs to happen as well. There's a lot of conversation, a lot of work that's going towards that. And I'm not asking for the police to, to get completely eliminated, but I think that they need to be demilitarized and they need to be better trained and they need to stop with this brutality. It's just enough is enough. Um, And it's not all of them. And I have a lot of friends that are in, are in the police force, especially in my hometown, um, <laughs> Half the police officers go to my parents' restaurants and bars. And so they're all great people. And um, And so I know there's a lot of good cops. A, ton, a, a majority of them are great cops. But there are those people that really do need to be just kicked out of the service. But these good cops just don't want to stand up because they're afraid that they're going to lose their jobs because the accountability is just not there. And so accountability needs to be something that gets implemented now. And, um, some other just problems that just exist as well that we need to talk about too. And eventually we will talk about them. But again, thank you guys so much for supporting me. Um, and I can't wait to talk to you guys again tomorrow. Peace.